The Sharpened Artist Color Pencil Podcast. Inspiration and innovation. We're talking everything you want to know about this medium that we love so much. And we're your hosts, John Middick and Barb Sotiropoulos. Hey there, welcome back to the show. My name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com, and this is the Sharpened Artist Colored Pencil Podcast. As usual, I'm joined by my co-host, Barb Sotiropoulos. Hello. How are you today? I'm doing great, John. How are you? <laughs> After the 11th time, sorry. Right. Okay. I am excited about this topic today, Barb. I hope you are. I know you are. Oh, yeah. So, Barb and I are going to be talking about how to pick your colored pencil. I don't really think that there's a lot of people talking about this, or if you've read a colored pencil book lately, you probably didn't choose a, a chapter in there that said, how do you choose the colored pencil that you're going to be working with? They probably just told you which pencil to use. So little different approach here today where we're going to be discussing the, the qualities and the properties a little bit and how you might do this. So whether you're a beginner or an advanced artist, your pencil choice is very personal and has a lot to do with style and technique. And Barbara and I will be talking about the pencils that we've actually gravitated towards in our work. And it wasn't the pencils that we started out with. So I think yeah. that's interesting and it, and it bears some commentary. I think that we w should recognize that if you're starting out, you're a beginner, don't think this is the pencil choice that you're always going to be with. That may not be the case. Yeah. You don't have to just like pick one and that's it. You've made yeah. the decision. <laughs> Throw There's the no key changing. away. Yeah. I mean, you might feel that way if you invest in something that's too expensive at first and you end right, up hating yeah. it, but, you know, we'll get into that. So yep. uh, basically, we're going to look at does pencil brand really matter? That's definitely something that a lot of artists have a very strong opinion on. So definitely a topic we're going to dive into a little bit more. They're also going to answer the question, what are some considerations when picking your colored pencil? And then also, how do you know which pencil is right for you? That can be a, a process in itself. And stay tuned for the Art Fact Minute. You guys don't want to miss this one. We're going to be discussing what are the differences between wax-based and oil-based pencils. Awesome. It's going to be a good one. Yeah. I, I, heard, it's, I heard it's great. So. I mean... So have I. We say that like we're not involved in it, but... Right, right. I hear it's wonderful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's talk, let's talk about the beginner, Barb. The beginner. So if you're listening today, there's a chance if you're listening to the podcast and if you're new to the podcast, there's a really strong chance that you are a beginner. And what I would say then also is I'm not sure how far you are into the show's but I would recommend starting with season two and starting on, you know, the trailer of season two and then going through uh, the podcast as they're released inside season two. And we started those on January the 31st in 2022. So let's talk about the beginner, though. And I'm going to talk specific. We're going to talk specifically to you. And then we're going to talk about the intermediate artists and then the advanced. Yeah, definitely. I think it's going to be a really good thing. I mean, a lot of picking your pencil comes down to when you're a beginner. 
And I think uh, there's definitely some considerations for intermediate and advanced artists as well. So we'll, we'll also take a look at that. All right. So we're going to look at beginners first. So the first thing I would say and a great place to start and where a lot of artists tend to start is to look at artists whose work you admire and find out what pencils they're using. Now, we use this advice as well, or we recommended this advice as well, I should say, for paper. Um, and, and this applies to pencils as well. It's definitely, there's a lot of products out there. It can be very, very overwhelming trying to pick one at first. And so I know for myself and, and John, I'm sure you were the same. I first, when I first started with colored pencil, I just kind of looked at what other artists that I liked their work, what they were using, yeah. and, you know, the combination of paper and pencils. And it's, it's a good place to start, um, just kind of exploring. And right. so in saying that, uh, I think, you know, you, you also need to take it with a little bit of grain of salt. Um, if you're not really sure if because of color pencil is going to be your thing, you know, and the artist that you're looking at and admires, you know, <laughs> they're recommending the five to $600 set of Kiradosh yeah. luminance that yeah. might not be, you know, the direction you want to go. So it might require a little bit more research on, on your part to kind of you know, pick pick something maybe similar or just kind of have a few artists that you're looking at and seeing what their combination is and go with the one that makes sense for you from a financial yeah. perspective and from an investment perspective. Yeah. And not every, let me just say this really quick too. Not every art instructor, not every colored pencil instructor is teaching to the beginner. So just keep that in mind. Uh, and find that out, you know, and, and some, once in a while you'll run across an instructor who is saying for a beginner to advance, that kind of thing. But if you look at their work and you look at the materials list, you might start picking up on some clues that this is more for an advanced artist. Nothing wrong with that at all. And they'll be there for you when you're ready for that. But I would pick someone who maybe is doing some smaller pieces at first and has a smaller uh, set of colored pencils that they're requiring right away. I'll admit even a lot of the tutorials that I've done for magazines and stuff like that tend to be a little bit more intermediate to advanced. And that's yeah. just kind of where, where I'm at with it. But, yeah. you know, if, if you look at something and it kind of seems a little bit overwhelming or too hard for you, yeah. I mean, chances are it probably is. I mean, I yeah. would I would say, you know, just as, a, as an aside to what we're talking about today, when you're looking at tutorials as a beginner, like a true beginner, um, you know, right. look at things that are singular objects without backgrounds, yeah. stuff no like background. that. Those are, those are really good tutorials to start with right. because you're talking about rendering fundamentals as opposed to trying yeah. to tackle an entire image or that sort of thing. And, right. you know, I mean, those, those kind of things can be really, really overwhelming. So don't, yeah. don't do that to yourself. Cause that's a good way to turn yourself off from the medium. If you're, yes, if you're not it is. It's too overwhelming when you're a beginner. Okay. So let's talk then about some pencil options um so first off look for pencils that you can get in open stock so an open set of pencils so that just means that when you walk into an art store or you go to an online store like blick.com let's say that you can order these pencil colors individually within this colored pencil set so if i go into plaza art uh, which is a local art store here then I want to look for all the pencils that are separate, separated out and not just part of a set, but I can buy them individually. I can pull the ones that I want from these uh, storage bins. That's what you want to look for when you're beginning. 
also start with maybe 12 pencils and maybe, you know, you can up that to maybe 24 or 36, but don't break the bank on a beginner set of pencils. Buy the highest quality pencil that you can, as long as it's an open stock, and then as many as you possibly can, but don't spend a lot of money on pencils. Have an even balance of pencil and paper, you know, spend as much as you can, but, uh, you know, don't go out and break the bank. And Barb and I always tease about, you know, don't go buying, you know, spending 500 to $900 on your materials if you're not sure you're going to like this yet or not. Yeah, I think that's a really important point you made there. And, and definitely open stock is, is very important. And the reason mm-hmm. that we're recommending that as well is because... It's it's great if you find a set on sale that's a really good price and it has all of the colors in it and it might seem exciting. I know, you know, yeah. some of the, the stores in the United States especially, they have, you know, their house branded pencils and you can get like 36 or you can get up to like a hundred and some pencils and right. it'll be for like a ridiculous price. And that yeah. can be really tempting. But if those pencils are then not available in open stock, so if you... Say you get a bad pencil and, you know, the lead keeps breaking on you and you, you, yeah. you chew right through it, sharpening it and that sort of thing. Well, what do you do now if you need that color again? If it's an important yeah. color or a, co- a color that's used quite commonly, that can be problematic because are you right. going to just buy a whole new set now? And you might not even decide, you You know what I mean? Like some of the hobbyist pencils are fine, but if you're if you're actually, you know, for people doing coloring books and stuff like that, it doesn't really matter. But if yeah. you're really planning to, you know, use this as an art medium, it can be really problematic for you to buy a set that you can't then get a single pencil replacement for. And I right. will say too, you know, from experience, there's definitely colors you will motor through, like your white pencils, oh, yeah. your your black pencils, like some of the other, you know, colors depending on what you gravitate towards. And I wanted to add also, John, the to the point of buying a set of twelve. Some people think that that's very limiting, but I would actually say that it, there are so many advantages to using a limited color palette when you yes. are first starting out. Because right. a lot of artists get very reliant on wanting to have the the pre-made exact color for them. And so if you take it to a different medium, like painting, for example, you know, that is also available where you can buy the exact colors. But in painting, I feel like there's a lot more um, encouragement and sort of... Uh, acceptance for people learning to mix colors to get the right color and it's possible to do that with colored pencil as well to some extent i mean there's certainly some great artists out there doing incredible work using only three colors so it's possible with colored pencil too so don't feel like you have to have every exact right color to be able to execute a drawing it may take a little bit of creativity and you might need to learn some color fundamentals but it is possible to still create really great work with a limited set it's so much better for you, I would even argue, yeah, uh, if you too. do use a limited set and you're going to master the medium quicker and you'll learn color theory along the way. Totally. Uh, also, think about the fact that if you uh, think, oh, well, the price per pencil goes down to, you know, just 20 cents or whatever, I'm being extreme, um, whenever I buy the 150 or 200 uh, but are you ever going to use chartreuse or some of the other colors in there? The, you know, the, uh, I don't know, gold or something like that. You yeah. Know? So there's some the colors in there. Pencils. Yeah. You're never going to use. And so the price still is not going down then because you bought all this extra stuff that you didn't need. So just keep that in mind that, you know, 
just because you can have as many pencils as there are available doesn't mean that you'll actually use them. There's only a core amount of pencils that you're probably ever going to be using anyway. Yeah, just to add to that too, I would also say I've bought big sets of pencils before where some of the blues and greens especially are very, very similar to each other. And so to me, I almost see those as like filler pencils, to be honest. Like they were just trying to get a set of a hundred something or whatever, right? Like, I mean, maybe they weren't, maybe they Because if you have a white pencil, you don't need the lighter of whatever uh, pencil color that is. Totally. So, I mean, I would definitely say the biggest offenders are usually blues and greens where there are all these extra pencils that are actually so close to one another. Yeah. Um, and, and just to, to just for, for a, a quick, uh, shout out to, to my color charts here. Oh, yeah. That's actually a lot of why I really love making color charts because right. I feel like when you can see all of those colors laid out with each other, you can see whether two blues are very similar or not. And you see mm-hmm. it right there for yourself. And so, you know, when you're going to, to do future purchases of this product, you can say, okay, well, I need this blue and I use this one a lot, but I don't actually right. need this one. So maybe, you know, if you go to, 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 you know, say you're buying Faber-Castell polychromos and you're going to buy a, a set of them because you need enough pencils that it just makes sense to buy a new, another set of them. You can yeah. look at what's available in the smaller versions of the sets and decide, okay, I can get the set of 36 here because it actually has more of the colors that I need. And the majority of the colors I don't use are in the bigger set anyway. So it True. doesn't make sense for me to buy that. So, you know, those, those kinds of things are all really valuable considerations mm-hmm. when you're, when you're thinking about um, a brand to use and also which colors are going to be useful to you. Absolutely. Yeah. Great point. Um, highly recommend those. And we will have a link in the show notes for these charts, uh, especially when you're starting out. I think it's very important to just, you know, fill out a chart, you know, and, and look at what these look like. Don't rely on that lacquer finish on the pencil itself. Totally. Okay. Let's talk about, um, you know, the better quality pencils, uh, the fact that they will give you a better result. Okay. Now, uh, I, I liken this to what happens if your can opener breaks, okay? Um, do, you know, don't go down to the five and dime, you know, whatever it is, uh, Dollar Tree or Dollar General or whatever, whatever, you know, cheapo store you've got handy and buy the can opener that's only going to last you a day or maybe a week. Uh, and then you still, you know, you paid five bucks for it. And then you still have to go to Amazon and pay $25 or whatever it is for the can opener, right? Why not buy it one time and buy a product that actually works well and you won't get frustrated? And if if it's the first time you've ever used a can opener and you think they're all like that cheapo that you just paid money for, you're going to hate it, right? Okay, now let's think about that then and we compare that to colored pencil brands. And you may think, okay, I'm going to buy this cheapo here that, uh, is a scholar brand or a student brand pencil. And um, and then you think, well, I'm saving a lot of money by doing this, but you're not going to get the same result that you want, would have had you purchased a brand of pencil that is meant for a professional. So bite the bullet, buy only three or four if that's all you can afford, but buy a pencil brand that is actually 
uh, meant to be used for fine art rendering or illustration in colored pencil. Yeah, John, I think, you know, that's a really good point. And, and, you know, for example, I would say, you know, for me, the first brand I started with was Prismacolor in terms of the brand that I started with when I was taking, you know, colored pencil more as a professional medium. There's a lot of reasons that I did that. One, it was very highly available. Prismacolor definitely is one of those brands that you can get it almost anywhere. Um, Obviously, with Amazon, there's a lot of um, availability of different brands and that sort of thing. But, you know, there's they have a decent amount of light, fast pencils in them. And that's something maybe we can talk about a little bit later as well. But, uh, you know, it's it's one of those brands that, uh, you know, despite people having issues with breakage, you're going to get breakage with any pencil. Sometimes it has to do with how good your sharpener is or if the blade is dull. So that's something to consider. But again, think about the availability and quality. And certainly that's a brand that is a great starter brand as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. Um, There's certainly people that use it as professionals as well. You could could choose to buy that brand and continue to use it all the way up into your advanced level. Um, absolutely work it's it's definitely again like i said one of those ones that's very highly available so um definitely something to consider when you were picking a pencil if you want to go something that's a little bit higher quality absolutely okay so let's go to the other extreme barb and let's talk about so those are a wax-based pencil guys and so wait for the artifact minute we'll talk a little bit more about this wax and oil thing but uh Anyway, the other extreme then, if we're talking about a wax-based pencil, is there's a very high-end wax-based pencil on the market, and it's called Luminance by Carindosh. And so if you compare the two, they're similar, but the Luminance pencil has a harder degree of sturdiness to the core of the pencil than does the Prismacolor Premier colored pencil. Now, there's also a Prismacolor um, uh, Verithin pencil, which I really like that pencil as yeah, well. Yeah, I do too. Very, very crisp details you can get with that one. But let's talk for a moment about the Luminance pencil. That Luminance pencil, uh, they're all extremely light fast, and uh, they don't break as easily. They still break once in a while. Every colored pencil breaks once in a while, uh, unfortunately. But they break less often, I would say, than maybe the Prismacolor Premier. And part of the reason for that is the core is not as soft as the Prismacolor Premier. It's slightly more sturdy core than the Prismacolor Premier. But I would say, and, and this might be getting off into the weeds, and maybe if you're a brand new artist, you're a beginner, just zone out for just a second when I say this. But even within a brand, some pencil colors like in Prismacolor Premier and Carindosh Luminance, they will uh, perform differently. Some of them are harder than others within a brand and if you go from you know, one color to the next. So this is something to, uh, to keep in mind. But I would say that the Luminance pencil line is a great one to invest in, and you don't need to buy all that many. A 12 set, like we mentioned, would be enough to get you started on some single subject uh, drawings and just to start testing these pencils out and seeing if they're right for you. You know what I want to add to that actually, John, is you know we're talking about beginners right now, but I think you also have to think about what kind of beginner you are. So, so yeah. what I mean by that is 
Are you a brand new artist? Like, are you new to art from the beginning or are you maybe coming from another medium? Because there's right. a big difference between a beginner Absolutely. in colored pencil who's never really even drawn before right. or has very, uh, you know, rudimentary drawing skills and someone who is an advanced artist in maybe a different medium and is now yep. coming to colored pencil. So for me right. personally, I would say, sure, there's nothing wrong with maybe investing a little bit more in a certain brand or a certain type of pencil if you're right. already an experienced artist and you're just switching mediums because yeah. you're going to have already some... I would actually argue, I think you'll probably catch on to some of this stuff a little bit quicker. If you're coming from graphite, if you're coming from right. a, even another drawing medium like pastel or something, you're probably going to pick up the colored pencil as a beginner, quote unquote beginner, quicker than somebody who is just still learning to draw and, and is trying Absolutely. to get proportion and trying to figure that stuff out. To me, there's a very big distinction between those two types of beginners. And, and I think, you know, uh, what I would say is it, it maybe feels a little bit uh, nerve wracking to invest a, a large amount of money in pencils when you're still trying to figure out how to draw, never mind render, right? So, right. Um, you know, and again, that's why we're, we're, we're giving suggestions of other brands, you know, something like Faber-Castell Polychromos, for example, is a good in-between price point. Mm -hmm. In terms of a very high quality product, but it's, you know, it's not quite the price of luminance and it's not quite as inexpensive as what you can get Prismacolor for. But, you know, it's still got a lot of those great qualities. It is a different feel of pencil. And as you mentioned before, like there's a big difference between how, say, Polychromos feels and how Derwent Lightfast feels. So, you mm -hmm. know, you have to keep that into consideration, too. And thinking, you know, just because you don't like the feel of one pencil it doesn't mean you might not find a different brand that maybe resonates with you a little bit more, works with the techniques that you're trying to use. And so that's, again, another reason why I don't personally recommend buying a big set right away because no. you could invest right. it. I mean, to be honest with you, the first time I tried the Luminance pencils for all of the, you know, accolades they get, I didn't like them. And I, like, felt like right. I needed to keep that a secret because I didn't want hate mail about it. I like them now that I've had yeah, some yeah. time with them, but I was very used to using polychromos, which is a very, very different feeling pencil. So, yeah, yeah. you know, the smaller sets. I wasn't sets, crazy about them either, so yeah. no, I totally get it. Yeah, so the smaller sets, when you're just beginning with this, it really, really does make a difference um, in, in just kind of giving yourself some time to explore mm -hmm. those before you invest in something bigger. You hit on something really big. Let me just... Um piggyback on that for just a moment and just say sure. that, yeah, there are different types of beginners. And if you are someone who is brand new to uh, the discipline of drawing, then I would say start, start at least for a little bit, just, you know, even two weeks with graphite and, and see what you think about drawing in particular. Um, it's a, it's a, the way to start any medium uh, whatsoever is withdrawing. You've got to learn how to draw anyway. So start with graphite very quickly. See if you even like uh, this uh, discipline of drawing. And then if you decide you want to do color, then yeah, certainly uh, dive right in with both feet and uh, and try it out. But yeah, I, I think that was a great point, Barb. And one yeah. we just kind of neglected to, to talk about. Well, so I, I kind of had that thought as you were talking because I, I was just thinking to myself, like when I started color pencil, I wasn't a beginner artist. I was I was coming from another medium, right? So it comes up all the time. I, I think yeah. about it all the time now. Whenever I'm teaching, 
because yeah, you're right. It, it's a totally different person who's beginning in this medium versus someone beginning art in general. Yeah. yeah. Well, and they all get classified as beginners, which to yeah, me is almost not, really. it's it's almost not accurate to, no, to describe no. it that way. But you know, in one sense, it's like yes, you don't know everything the medium can do, and and so you're a beginner in that sense. But yeah, at the same time, like you know, there's so many other fundamentals there that you probably already know in terms of like mm-hmm. color theory and drawing and proportion and all those right. things that you can kind of leapfrog forward a little bit with some of those things because you already know how to do them. Where somebody who's a true, true beginner, right. they're already gonna, they're probably gonna spin their wheels a little bit just even on the drawing portion of it, right? So yeah, you know, yeah, those those exactly. are things to consider. Like take do that self assessment and then see kind of like, well, where are you at with this? Like mm-hmm. and why are you gravitating towards kind of colored pencil? You know, if you've got money to burn and you want to buy the, the luminance set right out of the gate, by all means. So yeah. I, yeah. I was yeah. certainly not in that position and you know, I'd use color pencils I. as yeah, a I yeah. I'd use color pencils a as a kid, set. and yeah, totally. And I, I mean, I'd never used them to this this high of a level in terms of doing really highly representational art. But I think um, you know that's another thing as a beginner to take into consideration. Like, what is your commitment level to this? Is it something that you are already really passionate about? You just know you need to practice and get better, or is it something you're kind of dabbling in because? You know, I mean, I, I'm not going to tell you what to do with your money necessarily, but like it is it can be a big investment to get mm-hmm. into this medium. Su- surprisingly to some, yeah. I'm sure, uh, depending on what level you want to come in at, like you can spend a little bit of money or a lot. And it just it Absolutely. really just it really just depends. Right. So well, it's easy just a consideration. A yeah. Yeah. It, oh, it I love totally it. is. <laughs> Barb, you've got a great resource for colored pencil artists, isn't that right? That's right, John. I designed printable colored pencil charts for 10 popular lines of colored pencils and five watercolor and water-soluble pencils. Awesome. I love it. So for those who have not purchased them yet, what's one of the advantages of your charts? One of the benefits of these charts is that I've included the manufacturer's light fast rating for each pencil as well as an open space for you to add ratings from additional sources like the CPSA's independent testing. Oh, that's great. So you can find the color quickly and see if it has a good light fast rating at the same time. That's right. All the information is there for you on the chart at a glance. That's awesome. So tell us how we can get one of your charts. Sure. Head over to barbsodiart.com and under my shop tab, you'll find a link for printable color charts. From there, you can learn more about the benefits of these charts and also all the colored pencil lines I have charts created for. Great. Thanks, Barb. And you guys can head on over to the show notes for the link to get Barb's printable color charts. You can also save 20% off any single chart using the code SHARPART20. Listen to any song you want, anytime you want. Amazon Music Unlimited is packed full of 70 million songs that are available anytime, anywhere, and on any device without ads ever popping up or interrupting your music library at all. Just pure, uninterrupted listening pleasure. So check it out today by going to getamazonmusic.com sharp. And if you sign up right now, you'll be able to take advantage of the three-month, not the typical one-month, but you'll get three months of Amazon Unlimited Music absolutely free. And we thank Amazon Music Unlimited for their support of the podcast.
All right. So we talked about Prismacolor Premiere. We talked about Caran d'Ache Luminance. And we talked about Polychromos by Faber-Castell. And we talked about Derwent Lightfast a little bit. Or you hinted at yeah. it a little bit there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and th those are all some great pencils uh, to start with. I would also want to add to that uh, the Pablo pencil, Pablo, Pablo, however you want to pronounce that, by Karen Dosh, and the Derwent drawing set as well are some yeah. good ones to consider if you're starting out. Just get a few of a variety of pencils. I would also say to just make sure that they're professional quality uh, because they're going to be more light fast when you do that. Try those out. See what you think about them. You will gravitate towards one brand over another brand versus another brand. So, just a note about light fastness too. And I know I mentioned that I wanted to kind of revisit this earlier, but uh, you know, you'll hear colored pencil. You know, the more you kind of get involved in this medium, you'll hear a lot of artists talk about light fastness, and it's definitely important. Where it is important is if you're selling your work and you're selling the originals of your work. So again. This is where it's important to kind of like determine where you are in the beginner scale. If you're super beginner, yeah. you know, and you don't have a lot of money to invest in this medium, maybe you go to a brand that maybe there aren't light fast ratings available, but the brands rated so, like decently well, mm -hmm. you know, and, and you can start with something like that and do that because you're not maybe necessarily selling your work right off the bat. If you're right, one of right. those beginner artists that's technically a more advanced artist, just switching mediums. You may catch on to it a little quicker and yeah. then decide you your work is good enough to sell it right away. So you, you want to take those considerations um, into, you know, factor that in, I should say, to your purchase decisions. But, yeah. um, you know, Absolutely. it's not as important when you're a beginner, especially if you're not selling your work. But definitely, as we talk about getting into intermediate and advanced, and if you certainly plan to be selling your work or doing commissions, it's definitely something you want to take into consideration. Absolutely. You know, we're recording a season here on fundamentals, but just a, a high level overview definition for that is just the degree uh, to which your pencils will fade when exposed to UV. Let's just leave it at that right now. But Barb and I will be handling that topic in, uh, in depth later on. So because there's actually two standards uh, that uh, these pencil companies use. So let's talk about intermediate artists now, because this is sort of that uh, that halfway point, if you will, or just kind of slightly more, you know, you're not you're not a beginner anymore. You know what you're doing. You got a good handle on it. Maybe you're selling mm -hmm. your work. You're exhibiting some of your work. So at this point, you want to maybe consider upgrading to a better ver quality version of a product you found and you loved. And so, for example, something like that could be maybe you started out with Faber-Castell Gold Faber pencils. And now you want to move up to, say, Polychromos or, you know, a lot of brands will have kind of their beginner sort of line and then their professional yeah. line. Not yeah. all of them, but some of them do have that. So maybe yeah. maybe you're at that point where you're like, OK, I'm ready to move up. Um, I'm, I'm going a little bit farther in my work. So at that point, I would say just, you know, this this is a great time to look at those investments. If you were starting out somewhere, something that was a lower price point. What are you going to now move to that's maybe comparable? And maybe that's going to take a little bit of experimentation. Awesome. Yeah. And, you know, you may be wondering, well, when do I know when I'm an intermediate artist? Um, and so that's that's such a judgment call. I mean, we, we can't tell you that. But I will tell you that I consider some artists uh, intermediate after about three to six months 
where others uh, I wouldn't consider intermediate, and I would include myself in that, uh, until years down the road. I was a beginner, I feel like, for years uh, before I ever felt like I was at a level where I could consider myself as an intermediate artist. So why is it? Because it depends on your experience level, as Barb, you alluded to. Also, how much time you get to dedicate to your craft. That has a lot to do with it. Uh, and a number of other factors. Um, so you will start to see some improvement and progression in your work. Trust me on that one. It will happen. Uh, anyone that you think of today where you admire their work or you look at someone's work and you think, oh, I, I wish that they would develop and grow <laughs> in this area. And maybe it's your own work. It was mine for a long time. I was like that. It was just like, how come I cannot get this down? Um you will grow, you will develop if, if you work at it, you know. And if you look back at some of the early works of people that you put way up in, in uh, you, you know, you put them way up on a pedestal, uh, you'll see the progression of their work as well. If you go back in, in the history, in the uh, annals of what they have done early on, and you'll see a lot of, um, you know, missteps, if you will, or some, some progression in their body of work. Yeah, to add to that, John, I think you said something really important about the practice in between. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, when you when you look at anything in your life, whether it be, you know, maybe you've got an injury and you have to go to physio for it. It's not just the times you go to physio that help you heal. It's those in-between exercises that you do at home as well. And it's the same thing with art in the yeah. sense that, you know, even if you're taking a class or a workshop, it's not just about the time that you do that work in that four-hour workshop or whatever it is. It's about the work that you do in between, whether it's in the sketchbook or, you know, projects that you do on your own to practice. All of those things contribute yeah. to eventually getting better to sort of improve your skill. And, you, you know, it's really good to hang on to that first drawing that you did. Maybe, yes. you know, a lot of people like to throw them out because they think they're terrible, but it's really, really valuable for actually seeing how far you've come. Right. And I know, you know, even for myself, there, there were times where I felt like I wasn't getting better, I wasn't progressing, and, and even just taking that time to go back and look at that first piece that I did, it's yep. like, oh, actually, you know what, I, I do this better now, and I've really improved on that. And if you are, you know, slow in terms of your progression, there's nothing wrong with that either. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, for certain people, you know, for example, for artists that are coming from other mediums, you might not see as big of a jump right away right. because your skill level is already at a certain point. Like say you're in a workshop or one of John's courses and they're, you know, one of your fellow classmates is somebody who you know, one day it just clicks for them or they're really working hard on big, be getting better at drawing. You know, one of the, well, sometimes they'll, they'll, you'll see kind of a bigger leap in where they've come in the same amount yeah. of time as you. And, and that's really not, uh, you know, it doesn't mean that you're not learning or you're not progressing. Yeah. You might just be learning and progressing at a different aspect of it. One day it'll just kind of, you'll just see it and you're like, oh, there it is. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not even a fair comparison. I wouldn't say, no. Barb, would you? Because, yeah. yeah, if you're comparing yourself to someone else, it's like comparing apples to oranges. I mean, you you have totally different experiences than does this other person. And maybe they're drawing every day for hours a day. Maybe you can't. I couldn't yeah. whenever I first started. So Well, and it, there's a saying, too. I think it's something along the lines of, like, don't compare your day one to somebody's day 1,000. Like, yeah. Yeah. You, you don't or know. Or you're beginning all... to someone's middle. Yeah, same yeah, kind of thing. Like, yeah, like, I mean, you know, you some. 
everyone's individually going to be coming with a different set of skills and a different set of experience and that sort of thing. So, you know, comparison can be a, yeah, so comparison can be a really, really uh, hurtful thing in your progress in terms of, you know, and, and also I would add to that thinking that, oh, well, I just need to have this pencil and then my work will be better. That's not really how Mm -hmm. that works. (laughs) No, not at all. Yes. Better, you know, supplies and better mediums can Can lead you there. Yeah. Then you can get better results. You may not have to struggle as much, but if, if some of those fundamentals aren't there, like, you know, and you brought this up too, if you are not good at drawing and we're, you know, we're excluding the fact that if people are using a outline, a traced outline in their work, for example, because that's kind of giving you a bit of a leg up there. But if you're hand drawing everything yeah, and you are not really good at those fundamentals yet, that's, that's going to automatically, your end result is always never going to look great. <laughs> right. <laughs> because yeah, things will be out of proportion or there'll be issues with certain things. And so. You know, those are all things to take into consideration because it's it's going to um, it's going to affect your end result. Yeah. Um, you right. know, if if those if those if that's a factor for you. All right. So also talking about the intermediate uh, experience then with pencils, um, switch up your paper, switch up your surface that you're working on. Okay, so and Barb and I did talk about paper in episode 334 right here in season two. So it might be a a good thing to go back and review. But I would say same thing is true in anything that you do, right? Anything you do when you want to measure a result and you want to do something to level up in some area. So if it's with technique and pencil or whatever, with uh, whatever pencils you're using, don't go changing everything. Change one thing. You know, you only change one thing. Proper A-B testing, you change one thing to be able to measure the result, right? You don't change two or three things. You don't even change two, you know. Don't change five for sure. Okay, I'm I'm getting radical here. I mean, I'm getting really <laughs> passionate about this. But I come from an IT background, so it really rattles me when people want to change everything and then call that a test. So you can't test if you change all the variables, right? So change one thing, change the surface, change the support, change that paper, and then really give it a fair shake. Try that paper for a little bit and see what you think and keep the same pencils. And you might notice a pretty pronounced difference in your results just by changing the surface. It's time for the Art Fact Minute. John, have you heard about the debate between oil versus wax-based pencils? I sure have, Barb. This is definitely something that comes up a lot with colored pencil artists. Definitely. But did you know that it's not actually accurate to classify colored pencils this way? According to an article written by the president of the CPSA, Deborah Mm. McClowski, In the January 2019 edition of To The Point magazine, it's all just a big misunderstanding of the chemistry and the process in which the pencils are made. Well, now I'm definitely interested. What exactly is the misunderstanding? Well, the CPSA consulted manufacturing experts from Durwick, Faber-Castell, and Caradosh. 
They all agreed that the term oil-based is more of an issue of translation and even marketing than it is about whether or not the products actually use a liquid oil in their formula. Oh really? How so? Well, most color pencil manufacturers are striving to find that perfect blend and balance of high pigmentation with optimum wax absorption. This helps the pencil have both a strong point and excellent color laydown. To do this, they're using manufacturing processes that are more accurately described as non-direct post-wax or direct pre-waxed. Waxes used in manufacturing color pencils have varying melting point temperatures. So for example, using harder waxes with higher melting points to make pencil cores harder or a wax with a lower melting point to create a softer core. Both processes I mentioned use a blend of pigments, additives, and fillers. The difference between them comes down to whether the wax blend is applied after the core has been made or mixed in beforehand with the other materials. Oh, that is so interesting. So they are essentially using liquid wax instead of what we would consider liquid oil, right? Sort of. It's, it's more accurately a blend of lipids with a range of melting points. Dr. Gerhard Lugert from Faber-Castell notes that while adding a very small amount of liquid oil to a pencil core is possible, too much would compromise the overall performance and stability of the core, and could even cause oil to migrate to the core's surface. Yikes, that sounds like it would be a real mess. So how did this term oil base even start being used? Well, John, it may have something to do with the presence of hydrogenated castor oil in some pencils which actually behaves more like a wax at room temperature. The term oil-based, while not chemically correct, was used in some product marketing, for example, as a brand positioning statement to differentiate it amongst other varieties of pencils available. Some blends of waxes used in the direct process of making cores give them a softer and smoother feel. According to Eric Vitus from Karen Dosh, this difference in feel is likely a factor in why artists mistakenly believe there is liquid oil in the pencils. Thank you so much, Barb. That was really informative. So guys, for more information on this topic or to join the CPSA, just visit cpsa.org. If you're more on the advanced side of intermediate, you could try even at this point experimenting with mixed media. I mean, that's certainly yeah. something that I use a lot in my work. Now, why I would say to wait till you're at an intermediate level as opposed to a beginner yeah. um, is that when you're a beginner, you, like one of my one of my instructors in college used to say, you have to know the rules before you break them. Right. And I and and he he sort of applied that uh, that thought or that saying I guess when it came to drawing more stylized characters. So mm. this was for a character design class. And so his whole point was that you need to understand human anatomy before you start drawing characters whose anatomy <laughs> doesn't reflect reality. For example, like a caricature so, or or a cartoon. Yeah, you know? yeah. You need or to you need to understand kind of where an arm is supposed to yeah. bend before you just like because because that believe it's it important. or not those kind of yeah those yeah. things do like inform your drawing. So right, right. what I would say is when it comes to colored pencil, in my opinion, you should be able to fully render a drawing in just colored pencil and understand yeah. what that entails before right. you start using 
what some people would consider a shortcut. So as you will discover, if you have not discovered it already, colored pencil is a very slow medium. And so that can be, you know, that can turn a lot of people off because, right. you know, they, you're not getting that immediate gratification that you'll get with something like painting, for example. Right. Not in not as uh, quick of the amount of, of time. Right. So right. what I would say is like, you know, when you're at an intermediate level, you sort of understand the medium you understand what it can do. You understand how to render. And mm-hmm. so that's where, you know, going to something like maybe mixed media makes sense. Like maybe now you do want to try some some different techniques and seeing how two products interact together because you know what kind of results you're after now. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it's just about being more smarter with your time. But at the end of the day, if you could, you know, just if you needed to, sorry, just do it all in colored pencil. You could because you understand how to get there. And yeah. that's still really important to understand even when you're using mixed media. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So um, as an intermediate artist, you could uh, try new and different techniques. And I think really uh, that alludes to what you're really saying, Barb. Mixed media, you know, when, when we say that, when we use that term, it could mean anything, right? Yeah. If you're using color pencil, you can use any other medium or several other mediums. And yeah. uh, it's a mixed media piece. With colored pencil. Technically. So, yeah, technically. So, um, you know, but use other techniques, like experiment with other techniques, maybe even with mark making, unless you just uh, have fully adopted a particular way and style of making marks on the page, then experiment with that and try something different. Um, You know, I always advocate for keeping a very sharp pencil, but, you know, if it doesn't work for you, try something that, uh, you know, where you're using a, a more dull or a more blunt uh, pencil and see what see what happens because the amount of pressure that you put to the point of the pencil, the way that you hold your pencil, the particular grip that you employ, a whole host of other factors weigh into how that particular um, drawing is going to look from your hand versus anyone else's. So this is the time, though, as an intermediate to explore and to uh, just push yourself and push those boundaries for yourself. Yeah, and just to close on that, I I really want to let people know that you know being intermediate while we intermediate while it is sometimes the hardest point in your skill level to determine. It's also, in my opinion, the most exciting yeah. point to be at because you know enough kind of to be dangerous, but yeah. you also, um, you're, you're probably still a little bit humble enough to, to be open to trying new things, yeah. right? Like you're yeah. not, you're not so set in your ways and what right. you think your style is and what you think your techniques are that, you know, you're, you, you've kind of put yourself in a box. Like yeah. being in that kind of intermediate stage, you're still, generally usually really open-minded to kind of trying new papers, trying new pencils, trying new things. That's a fair point. But you, yeah. you know enough about what you're doing, like, technique-wise, that you can get good results from it. And it's not just kind of a disappointing adventure all the time. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, that's cool. Like, maybe I'll try this now. And what if I combine these two things? And, right, right. you know, look at it like, you know, everyone kind of starts out probably wanting to be advanced right away. But that intermediate and even beginner stage, it's such a, uh, you know, without sounding cheesy about it, it's kind of a magical time. It really is. No, you it really, is. You, there's so much possibility and you're, you're still learning and there's so much to be uh, gained from that experience. Absolutely. I love it. Let's talk about the advanced artist, right? 
Um, so the pinnacle of where we want to be, right? <laughs> I guess. Um, ideally, I guess. Ideally, I guess. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. There's, there's, there's no. You know, there maybe there's a consolation prize uh, at the at the end of this. I'm, I'm not sure, but I mean, the thing is, you when you start to appreciate your own work and you like your own work, uh, I think that's when you can probably say, okay, maybe I'm advanced. Maybe you're getting some awards if that matters to you. Maybe you're doing commissions if that's something you want to do. Um, but at some point, you will settle in to a particular style and you'll be settling on uh, all these preferences in pencils and in paper right bart and yep. uh, you're also going to be probably um if i could use the term maybe a little stubborn a little bit about you know which pencils you really do love and which pencils you don't care for as much and which surfaces you love and and that kind of thing but there's kind of a a, a danger in doing that as well I feel like, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know that it's talked about a whole lot, but I think Barb and I are on the same page about that, that we advocate branching out and not just getting into a rut. Why? Why do I say that? Because at least for me, I can speak for me personally, in my opinion, what would happen is I, I would burn out is what would happen. I, you know, I'm a seven on the Enneagram. I, I would, I have to have new and exciting all the time. Okay. And I know that that shocks some people sometimes because I have a long track record of doing boring things over and over because I'm always fighting myself. Uh, I'm always fighting against that urge just to be flighty and just to, you know, not follow through on things. And so when I find that I'm following just a, this path and routine and I settle into these pencils and I'm, oh, I love these pencils, I love this surface, then I really force myself to go outside of that to push right up against my comfort level and to try to break through uh, to that other side a little bit. Yeah. And I think even with the advanced artists, you're kind of, there's kind of, well, to make it simplified, there's sort of two different types of advanced artists. There are people that find their groove, find the pencils they like, find the paper, they find that combination and they're like, this is it. I'm going for it. This yeah. is what I'm doing now. And there are the people that get to an advanced level that are like, okay, I'm going to do this type of work and this type of style for a while, yeah, subject but then I'm going to challenge myself and push myself to do something different now. And sometimes that means maybe going to sanded paper, maybe going to wood, maybe yeah. trying, you know, trying a different surface. And, and those kind of things are also valuable too, in terms of, you know, like you were saying, not getting bored with what you're doing. Some people, that's not the case. They just want to arrive at what they feel is the right place for them to right. be. And then they kind of can just run oh, yeah. with it. But, yeah. but for, and for I others, envy those people. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. And for others, I think it's, it's more about the continued exploration and the, yeah. how do I keep pushing myself forward? How do I keep pushing my style? Am I going to try to tackle a more complex subject matter? Right those kinds of things and you know for for an advanced person you know when it comes to your pencils for example maybe this is the point where you invest in your dream set if you have it yeah. by now you know like maybe it's maybe it's about really really honing in on on uh you know getting the the best quality product and mm -hmm. or trying it and seeing if that's what works for you like maybe right. you've just been missing out the whole time who knows but <laughs> right you know like those 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 are some considerations too when you're getting to an advanced level like there's no i i think to that point also just 
trying a brand that you didn't think you would like and mm-hmm. maybe you will like there's there's that possibility too right right all right so this has been a fun discussion barb and i think we've covered uh quite a bit that maybe you need to know or or we're interested in knowing about how to pick and choose the colored pencil that maybe is right for you Maybe we have piqued your interest a little bit on what you could be doing, um, whether you find yourself as a beginner or intermediate or advanced. And Barb and I talked about how that we were going to reveal which colored pencils we actually use and, and love now. So I don't really use Prismacolor Premier all that often now. Once in a while I do, I still have uh, a lot of Prismacolor Premier pencils. Uh, most of the time, I'm using three different pencils. I'm using Faber-Castell, Polychromos, Derwent Lightfast, and Luminance pencils. But I also use uh, the Pablo pencils as well. Yeah, and for me, I I mean, this is going to probably be a shock to, to no one. But no, me I, too. I, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I definitely, I would say, like, you know, if I was going to talk about kind of my, my trajectory through colored pencils, as I mentioned, I sort of started with Prismacolor. Definitely, you know, even my style at that point, I was doing a lot more burnishing techniques and that sort of thing. And that worked really well for me. And then eventually I moved to Polychromos, which I love and still love. It's probably my primary brand that I use. Um, I do tend to use their products a lot with their other products, like their their Pit Artist pens in mixed media. And they because there's a color matching system across the brand, um, mm-hmm. they work really well together. So that's something that, uh, I mean, for that matter, for, for me, that product is is one of, I mean, it, it has such, so many advantages that way. And I would say that, I mean, I do sometimes use uh, some Derwent drawing just because they're very opaque and very light mm-hmm. fast. Um, and I am using Luminance a little bit more now, but not as, not as, not as, I haven't quite transitioned because, again, it's a different feeling pencil, and I've really mm-hmm. honed my, you know, to you speaking about how we were talking about how advanced people get set in their ways. Like, I, I did find something that I feel like kind of works, and I, I know how those pencils perform, yeah. and I know right. what they're capable of, and I, you know, I know how they interact with other mediums, too. So that's definitely my favorite, but, you know, I'm always open to trying different pencils and seeing kind of, you know, a, it inter interweaving some of the other ones in there just to to kind of i don't know expand my palette if you will yeah yeah absolutely so what would you say barb would be uh one of the biggest things that you've learned over the years about the choice in colored pencil brands like you've had a progression uh with that uh, what would you say would be like any kind of aha moments um out of that any light bulb moments that happened or or just anything in the progression of time, just using one pencil? Yeah, I mean, I would say that I think um, the biggest thing that I discovered is that your paper and your pencil pairing are uh, really crucial to the results that you get. Yeah. So I, I feel like sometimes when you're struggling with a certain brand, it could just be because you're not using a paper with it that maybe makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. And especially in the techniques that you're using. Like, I think for me, the biggest discovery I had was, you know, at one point, 
I was trying to use OMS with Prismacolor. And I feel like those two things, in my opinion, just didn't on the paper I was using mm -hmm. were just not like I think I was using a Bristol Smooth at the time. Oh, and yeah, I think just yeah. those three things together, right. for example, just they didn't it wasn't working. Right? I agree. So <laughs> I, <laughs> that I think, would not work too well. Yeah. I, I tried so that and too. I, I hated the results I was yeah, getting and I was right. like, why do people do this? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> you right. Know? And so and so I think, you know, in terms of light bulb moments, to me it was really about spending that time finding the right combination of paper, pencil, and whatever technique I wanted to imply with that. So mm. whether that's using, you know, a, a, an additional medium like a powdered blender or an OMS or even, mm -hmm. you know, a, a burnishing blender for that yeah, matter. Right, right. You know, those things are all important to consider when you settle on whatever pencil you decide is working for you. Because mm -hmm. again, that combination of things, you could, you could be having one thing off in that combination. Yeah. And for me, for example, so Prismacolor, Bristol Smooth, fine together. Adding yeah. in the LMS, not right. fine. Right. That right. was the thing that for me was messing up the whole scenario, right? Gotcha. So, yeah. you know, just figuring out those things, I think, is is the biggest uh, light bulb moment I've had. So Very what would you say yours was? You know, I, I guess I would have to say that it was realizing that in the beginning, there was not that much difference in uh, some of the popular brands of pencils when it came to fundamentals. Now, I'm not talking about adding any anything else, not adding OMS, not powder blender, not burnishing, but just yeah. using fundamental drawing skills that there's not that big of a difference between pencils when you're trying to just use a decent paper with a moderate tooth and uh and and just using fundamental drawing skills and not trying to get fancy not trying to you know overwork things and and you know add all kinds of potions and powders and and you know water and solvent and everything you know not, not all the stuff just leave it clean make it simple paper and pencil and eraser and a pencil sharpener you know and just doing that when i did that when i slowed down and just started doing fundamental things, then things became easier. And I started appreciating really tiny, nearly imperceptible differences in the pencils at that point. Before that, you know, you couldn't really tell, in my opinion. I couldn't tell. And so I started noticing that uh, I started being able to advance a little bit more and understand uh, each pencil brand a little bit more and each uh, surface of the papers a little bit more when I did that. So, yeah. And I know, know that's what, a boring Johnny, answer, but that's, that's no, the truth right there. <laughs> I, I feel like, you know, even from a, like, from a personal perspective, I remember there was a piece you posted one day and I can't remember now the title of it, but I remember just being like, wow, John's really gotten a lot better. Like, and I don't mean, I don't mean that in like a, a bad way no, at all, no. but it was just, <laughs> You had, for whatever reason, something clicked for you and you had found the right combination and, and uh, it yeah. really, all of those fundamentals that you're talking about that you were doing in your work before, all of a sudden it just made sense in the combination. And it might've been when you switched to the sanded paper and really oh, started been. figuring paper, out how to, how to yeah. use it the way, within the way that worked for you. But right. I remember just Could've being been. like, wow, like that's, no, like, I mean, and I always thought your work was good, but it just, it was like, it was just that extra thing, right? Like 
And that's kind of what well, I, you know, you. we were yeah. saying before about how sometimes you just need to find that right combination yeah. and then it, you know, everything you've been trying to do all of a sudden makes sense, right? Because right. you're not, you're not fighting all these external factors to try yeah. and get to where you want to be. You're not trying to fight the paper or you're yeah. not trying to fight the pencil. It's just right. those things are working for you all of a sudden. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's. Very good. I wish I had a, a big compliment to give you, Barb. That, that, thank you. That was very nice of you. But um, no, it's I appreciate fine. it. Um, the compliment is me being here. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, so, um, you know, guys, I mean, here's the thing in closing here. I mean, I, I, I want that same thing for you. And Barb wants that for you uh, to be able to make those advances in your work. Um, because, you know, I've seen that through Barb's work over the years. I've also seen some wonderful consistency in Barb's work, which, you know, you, you cannot underestimate how valuable and important that is as well. That consistency uh, is probably easier for Barb to create her work than it was in I the mean, beginning. I mean, listen, <laughs> but it's only easier because I know yeah. what I'm doing now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, yeah. that's, you know, I think we've talked about that in the past, but I mean, that's yeah. something that happens. You want to get faster, but... You find out that faster isn't isn't the goal, but actually no. it happens uh, just by quite by accident. All right. So anything else, Barb, before we close? I just want to say to everyone, like, have fun experimenting with pencils. Like, there's no, you know, obviously don't break your bank doing it. Yeah. At the same time, like, I have so many sets of pencils and yeah. I love it only because they all do something different. And, yeah. and just that exploration, I mean, I might be a little bit obsessed also. That's a whole other, that's a different show. It's a requirement but, in colored pencil, but, I think. I mean, really, to but be like obsessed. there's been <laughs> totally, there's been so much value and fun in the experimentation of finding a different pencil or trying yeah. them out. And I think if that is available to you and yeah. you're able to do that, like do it. It's yeah. like, don't don't get so serious about right. trying to find the right thing so that you can like I mean, you know, I say this so often, but like art's supposed to be fun. Like yeah, it's not yeah. like you know, like you're not you're not you're not solving, you know, the climate crisis here. You're right. just you're just trying to find something that works yeah. for you and I feel like, you know, trying to uh have those moments to experiment, it can be so rewarding mm, yeah. and you never know what you'll find by Ugh. doing that. Love it. Love it. Love it. That is so good, Barb. Really, it is. Yeah. Find that. Don't don't go looking for that mythological unicorn. You know, that perfect pencil doesn't exist. Yeah. I hate to break the bad news. It does, but, but it's different for everyone. It's different for everyone. Yeah. And yeah. there may be a perfect one for you or there might be a perfect three or four. So totally. awesome. All right, guys. I hope that this was helpful. And uh, if you want to reach out to the show, you can contact us by emailing podcast at sharpenedartist.com. If you haven't done this in a while, tell someone else about the show. Tell them how they can follow or subscribe to the show. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, and a number of other places. And I just want to read a review that we had come in over on Audible. Yes, you can listen on Audible. So this person wrote, they said, I so appreciate the thought that goes into this podcast. And this episode in particular seems to have drawn upon many years of experience. Now, I'm not sure which episode that was, but they said, uh, John took a cliched notion. The only limits are the ones you put on yourself and gave it meaning. I view my journey as an artist a little differently now. Well, I appreciate that so much. Guys, if you haven't left a rating or a review, 
I would encourage you to do that. And we will see you back here again with another episode. And until then, take care and stay sharp. Bye-bye.